So it's an absolute delight and pleasure for me this morning to meet an old Persean, Alex Collis, who was here, I believe, in the 1980s, is that correct? Yeah, 1985 to 1992, I think I oh, left. A yeah. good, good period, a good time, mm-hmm. a good time. And uh, I understand you were one of five sisters who attended the school. Six sisters. Six sisters. Six sisters, actually, yeah. <laughs> it's like seven brides, seven brides for seven brothers. Each Indeed, of the couple, yeah. yeah. My eldest sister's name is on the, you know, the wooden board. Oh, yeah, the honour board. Yeah, she's on, she's on there, yeah. Yeah, and I understand that you were ca- captain of Clark. I was. I wasn't allowed to be a prefect because I was too naughty, but <laughs> I was house captain of Clark, yes. Well done, well done. And um, I'm particularly pleased to meet you today, actually, because I think you're also a social activist. Um, Indeed. So let, can we talk about the work you've done there? Because I f- find your career quite fascinating. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, so I guess it started with, um, I was sort of looking for a career change, um, sort of took a look at my CV, thought where are the gaps, um, and decided I needed to do some volunteering, um, to sort of broaden my skills, um, and went online, looked for volunteering opportunities, and came across a charity called Food Cycle, uh, which, it's a national organisation, had a branch, has a branch here in Cambridge, and they take, uh, very simply, they take surplus food from supermarkets and other retailers and volunteers turn that into free meals um, for anyone who wants them. So people on low incomes, um, people who are homeless, people who are elderly or a bit isolated. It's pretty inclusive. Very inclusive. That's the kind of nice thing about it. I was um, saying earlier, you don't have to prove it's not like a food bank where mm. you have to prove what your income is and you, ha- you, you can't get in unless you have a, a voucher. Mm. Mm. Um, with Food Cycle, you can literally just walk in and sit down and eat. Um, and it's great for sort of building community because you and get... Th- this was here in Cambridge, wasn't here it? Here in Cambridge, yeah, actually just over the road um, at St Paul's on Hills Road. Here in very wealthy Cambridge. In very wealthy Cambridge, indeed. Mm. Very unequal Cambridge. Mm. Um, as, as you know, people probably know, we have a huge homelessness mm. um, issue in Cambridge. Um, and the majority, at the, at the beginning when I was involved, the majority of people that came along to the meals were homeless people um it then sort of grew and expanded we set up two new projects um and it was a much more diverse group of people that came along so lots of families um families with their kids who weren't managing to make ends meet um older people who were sort of sat at home all week didn't really see anyone were they coming from particular parts of cambridge or was it universal Um, pretty universal um Quite, I mean, we set up two new projects, one in the north of the city, one in the east of the city, which are the two sort of major yeah. areas of yeah. deprivation. There's also obviously Trumpington in the mm. south. And that's where all the data now. shows the deprivation yeah. rests. Yeah. Yeah. So um, King's Hedges, for example, there is a 10-year difference in life expectancy between King's Hedges and the centre of the city. Newnham. Yeah. I've heard that. I found yeah. that quite shocking the first time I heard that, actually. Yeah, and, and it's not... and and people also are getting ill you know younger basically in king's hedges so there's quite a lot of chronic illness there and so yeah. on um so that is why we specifically went to the north and the east of the city because we sort of looked knew we wanted to do more but looked at where where we would sort of best be able to support yeah. people and those were the obvious obvious two areas but you've taken it because you also I know that you thought about training to be a social worker mm. and and uh, listening to your talk to the students earlier it was very 
very clear to me that your life has been about service and looking after others and supporting others. Um, and more latterly, of course, you're doing this as a, a counsellor. Talk to me about why you got into that gig. What, what was the attraction? Um, so, so I'd been sort of active um, in the local party for for a couple of years, going out canvassing, um, sort of part of the team. Um, the we're very lucky in Cambridge Council that we have lots of female councillors, but they were very much keen, um, very keen to get more female councillors and to have more of a gender balance. So I was asked to to stand, um, and only really wanted to stand for election in the area where I live because mm. it's the it's my community, it's the community I know, and I feel that I can serve that community better than, say, mm. an area that I don't know. So being a councillor, um, having you know, been persuaded to do it and to stand and stand as a woman, which mm. we both agree, I'm sure, is a fantastic mm. thing to do, um, was it what you expected? Um, yes and no. I, I, so, so when you're elected, you sort of... You, so after the elections, about two weeks after the elections, we have our... <coughs> excuse me we have our AGM which is when all the sort of internal jobs are decided and we decide who does who does what um and I knew I wanted to sit on the environment and communities committee that seemed like a logical mm. logical thing to do um I definitely knew I wanted to be the lead councillor for anti-poverty mm. um I had a conversation with the MP um at the time and he was saying you know you're you're a they're a very diverse group and they have lots of talents he said but I really think that you really understand what communities need maybe more than than some of your colleagues so um so yeah the environment and communities um committee um I also took on I'm the um council group's media officer as well um which is yeah interesting and challenging <laughs> at times um I also wanted to do something which was which was more sort of surprising and le- a, a bit more out of my comfort zone yeah. um so that's why I ended up on the planning and transport scrutiny committee because I know nothing about <laughs> any of that um and that has been a real eye-opener actually you have planning is slightly different because it's um it's a regulator it's like the, the planning committee and licensing are the two regulatory yeah. um bodies they so you're governed by national planning law basically um so your council is much more constrained in what what it can do and the sort of interpretation and that it can put on certain planning cases um that can be quite hard to convey to to people to members of the public because they think you should just be able to Mm. to do something and why are you passing this planning application because you have you know, you have to because it mm. meets planning. Meets so planning law. there's a lot of obviously there's a lot of process in, in in there. But what I'm also hearing from you is that uh, although I'm sure you're enjoying that as an intellectual challenge, that where your heart is is the whole anti-poverty agenda, which Definitely. of course is is integral to the United Nations 17 Sustainability Goals, which mm. I think people can forget about sometimes because they just think climate, environment, and they forget actually it's also about social justice. Yeah. And communities yeah. and equipping communities. Yeah. You know, we have a community in King's Hedges, for example, that, you know, it's it, there's this um, ten-year difference in life expectancy yeah. between King's Hedges and the and the middle of you know the centre of the city. Um, you know, there's 
disadvantage being sort of repeated across generations mm. and, and we have to try disadvantage. And, exactly and we you know you sort of see grandparents parents kids and um, sometimes you know sometimes even in an extra generation and and, and things aren't changing for but them education in that part of the city um i, I speak as somebody who's working with the mm. principal of the North Cambridge Academy, mm. formerly known as the Manor School, yes, um, which had its reputation at the time, yes. um, unfortunately, but has developed a very, very different reputation now. Mm. And I know that the leadership of the, of the North Cambridge Academy, its chair of governors, its staff, are absolutely committed to ensuring those young people have equality of opportunity, because yeah. that's how you break this poverty cycle. Exactly. And to teach, to sort of encourage people to... Th- to believe they can achieve yep. things and that they don't have to you know live up to the school's reputation um i know a colleague of mine one of the other ward councillors for king's hedges is one of the governors and he's at, at the north mm. cambridge academy and he's always you know he's really impressed with with the sort of ambition mm. of the school um i i get very sort of frustrated on king's hedges behalf when people you know sort of say oh you know children from king's hedges well they're just you know so and so's and they're not going to achieve anything well, that's just shocking, it's dreadful it? there was a there was a there was um, an incident last year that was reported in the paper um there was a stabbing mm. and um the cambridge evening news wrote um, a big article on what an awful place it was and how it was like the bronx so I rang up the editor of the Cambridge Evening News and said, look, this really isn't... I get that it's a great headline, but this isn't helpful because people live you know, people live here, it's their community, and what about featuring some of the amazing good things that are happening and how people support each other? Well, interesting you should say that because I, I, I find it quite extraordinary that um, this school, if the school is located in the Bronx, why is this school working with our classics teachers, which mm. I know you'll appreciate, Indeed. to be offering Latin to children in years seven and eight? They're learning Latin. And we're talking now about, will they go through and do a qualification with our teachers teaching it with the support of the school? It's fantastic. It's very counter you know, intuitive to what the Cambridge Evening mm. News is saying. I think, or the Cambridge News, I think it's now called. I think it's changed. It's changed a lot. And I think mm. there is aspiration in that community. It just needs more help. Just and needs a bit more help. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, part of our job as councillors is to help encourage that and to stand up for people. Mm. Um, yeah, and, you know, work at, listen to them about where they need support and work out where we can fund that support or you know, who we can work with to get them that support. I've just become um, a governor of the Grove Primary oh. School, so just round mm. the corner from North Cambridge Academy. and um, was very keen to be um, a governor of a primary school. It's, you know, a big primary school, loads of the children in the area. Oh, and it's where all the good there. learning habits happen, actually. Exactly. At primary age. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, to start, pe- you know, to start children off with a good foundation like it's that. critical is critical i know that we've just appointed a new head for the grove who's starting at easter i think Mm. um so looking forward to working with her to sort of you know develop the culture Mm. of the school and it is around the culture isn't it yeah it is um but i i'm very mindful that you have to rush away to be somewhere else um but i would like to say alex that listening to you talking to the students this morning but also just having this conversation now 
I think it's, it is truly inspiring to think that we have people in our communities who care about each other. So you can step away from the high politics and drama of the mm. Westminster bubble and what happens there. What really matters is what people are doing on the ground day to day. And I know that's happening in your community. Mm. I know that education is definitely aspirational in your community yeah and that is what will make change the life chances for these young people and ensure that they're living in a sustainable environment so thank you so much with your cold <laughs> and, and welcome no coughing <laughs> no coughing i know and coming along today we really appreciate it thank you thank you